BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to another edition of Turned on a Punk Splits, where we bring back not one, but two former guests of the show for a fun conversation. They may or may not know each other. Today on the show, two people that know each other very well. Two people that have played together in a band with with me, too. Bergenfield 4. We got we got three of the four here. Shout out to Ian Keogh. Next time, Ian's, Ian Keogh's got to join this party as well. Uh, but we are back together. Uh, George Pettit, of course, also plays in Alexis on Fire as well as Dead Tired, Alexa on Fire have a brand new record. Their first record in like like over a decade. Uh, yeah, over a decade. Uh, coming out on June 24th on Dine Alone. This record is a, a monster. Uh, I've heard a advanced uh, listen through it. It's called Otherness. And you can pick it up now for pre-order. And once again, it's coming out on June 24th. So it will be coming out very soon. Oh, I'm excited for you to hear this thing. This is a this is my favorite record of theirs yet. Uh, they have a brand new single that you can also check out, Sweet Dreams of Otherness, with a new video that is directed by Jay Baruchel, I believe. And uh, the song is is a monster. This song is a, is a beast. A beast, I tell you. And speaking of beasts, joining us today on the episode, the beast from the, uh, the southern tip of Ontario... Chris O'Toole, my friend and your friend too, from Footnotes, co-host of Footnotes, turned out a punk legend, also former roadie of Alexis on Fire, former lead singer of Keep It Up, member of Urban Blight, and all around just uh, both George and my favorite person on earth. So what better trio to assemble for today's show than this one? I can't think of it. I can't. I can't. Uh, We... Uh, yeah, George asked me not to put this out till the Alexis record got announced. So we recorded this a while ago, uh, and now it's finally out because the Alexis record got announced. He also asked me not to put it out because he thinks it might be too much of a meandering conversation. I think, though, this might be one of the most genuine displays of of love and admiration that we've ever had on this show. We put over so many people on this thing. I'm a, I'm oh, I don't I don't think I have any notes to get to before. You hear this. Once again, check out that new Alexon Fire single, Sweet Dreams of Otherness. These guys will be back leading up to this record coming out in in days. I guess we're kind of like two months away. This is a really quick announcement versus record turnaround time. Uh, And uh, and that's it. Uh, Sit back, relax, and enjoy Chris O'Toole and George Pettit on Turned Out a Punk. Burgerfield 4 forever! 
back from Damien going to the bathroom. <laughs> We're back from Damien going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Once again, all the best, all the best parts of the podcast are too hot for TV. Yep. Yeah. Too hot for the blind, Patreon, too. Blind yeah. date, blind date uncensored yeah, is happening. We'll, we'll definitely well, we we're recording it. So no that don't worry. There's no no fear of that ever showing up. Okay. Uh, I think I think moving uh back to what we were talking about way back when we were talking about uh songwriting <laughs> and stuff like that and like the different approaches to uh doing it i I, like, I don't think i could go back like, i got I, I fantasize about fucked up going somewhere and recording and writing together like in a group you know like i remember talking to you about like you know recording process and writing process and doing it like that and i'm like yeah but then it might become like a horror movie where we're all locked in the cabin together and we we try and kill each other you know <laughs> yeah i want to take mushrooms together as a band but i'm like oh that might just get real weird real quick like i don't know all these things are i don't really understand how i i don't know i think there's been a general level of you know amicability between alexa on fire we all get along really well even even in the times when we haven't it's all fairly short-lived and so yeah, I don't know. I, I do feel a certain amount of affection for the guys in the band. So it's easy to kind of the idea of being stuck in the same room together. I mean, like when we recorded, we did pretty much 14 days straight of just like us in a place together. And that was, um, you know, uh, and it was good. It was it was quite nice. Uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know if maybe if you didn't get along with everyone or if there was like some weird deep seated issues between members and stuff that might be make things a little bit more difficult and i mean i'm sure there are some deep-seated issues in alexis on fire we're just not we're, we're not addressing them all the time most of our day-to-day is you know just getting along going along to get along kind of thing i think we wouldn't be able to talk about anything you know like, i don't think we have any of the same interests anymore maybe marvel movies like maybe the big marvel movie that came out i think we'd probably all have seen that no That's probably so not weird. there's definitely people in the band that hadn't seen that so don't you like enjoy like going to restaurants or something like what do you i don't think we all eat the same shit right like i don't think anyone in the band eats the same shit anymore (laughs) so is there near like okay so let me walk let's walk through this a little bit so like like sunfire shows up in a town that they're playing in what is happening is anyone going out to dinner together does anybody hang out do you go to the same places? Are there certain factions within fucked up that hang out and don't? Okay, like, well, what? Alexa on fire shows up in a town. I'm like, yeah, uh, you said that's a story. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm getting foggy. One fu- fu- fucked up. Fucked up shows up in a town. We roll in, we stop somewhere, potentially at different points. Like in the present day, I think we'd all just go to a hotel rooms. I try and find a record store probably someone to smoke weed with or at least somewhere to get weed and then i piece and do that uh jonah and josh and mike i think would walk around somewhere and maybe find a restaurant together uh at one point they would have researched that in advance and it would be like a big thing to go to this restaurant but like now i think this is kind of like figure out what's around and yeah that's about it you know, and then Joan and I reconvene after the show. Normally, I get something really gross to eat, food-wise, and uh, I force them to watch TV if there's English language TV. 
because I really enjoy watching television and uh, I don't get to do it at home. And uh, Jonah normally falls asleep in all his clothes and I'll try and take a picture of him. But now because of uh, weed, I fall asleep sometimes before him and he'll take a picture of me in all my clothes. And sometimes I'll have a pizza on my stomach too. And it's embarrassing, but that's really like, uh, that's really the breakdown of every day, George. Yeah. That's not, that's not <laughs> oh, like, it's not bad. frighteningly different from the Alexis thing. I think we just kind of all team up at different times. Yeah. Sometimes we all go as a, as a crew, but mostly we, you know, a couple of us have certain things that we got to do, but we all get along and we all meet up like, you know, at the show and hang out and spend time around each other. It wouldn't be out of the ordinary for, you know, all of us to go find a restaurant. I think we all kind of like that sort of thing, especially when we go to, when you're on the road, but, but you can, it also you can eat before be you play. Sorry. What's that? Sorry. I make oh, I eat before I play. Uh, not like I, I like to have a, a window of probably three hours before I play. You got great metabolism. Like, are you like cleaning out your body? Like, you, you, you go number two before you play. Like if you like, Eat and I would, process that food in three hours? Out of fear, probably. Yes. Oh, I would I yeah. would definitely do that. I would clean my body out so that I'm not the last thing I want to do is like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to feel my body at all on yeah. stage. Yeah, no. I don't wanna nope. if I if there's something like that's that's there's the pain there or there's something that's a discomfort, I don't want to feel that. Yeah. And it, it can it can be distracting. So yeah. If anything, I'm trying to be as neutral as, as as I can with my body. But then at the same time, now, like I don't know, back in the day, I just, I, there was easy to do that because I just get a little a little tipsy before we played a lot of the time. Where you go and you have like like back in the day, like Chris O'Toole days of touring with Life's on Fire, it was like you wake up, you go find a patio and you sit on it and you drink all day and then you play a show. And then after the show, you probably drink until you black out and then you wake up you're in the hotel already or you're somewhere else. So like that was, there was, and there was like years of that. There was a lot of years. Of yeah. That. I had no idea it got that heavy with you guys. Like I had no idea, like, cause I never was on tour with you guys and I saw you guys at home and when I'd see everyone, like people partied, but like, you know, like you forget like when it's on tour and it's every day, it's like, it, it's like heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it got, it got heavy. Yeah. <laughs> and as, it's, well, and, as a, go on, go on, go on. No, no, no. I'd like, I'm curious as well, to Well, just as a caveat, so, so as the only sober person in this chat, what I would say, because I can look at it objectively, I mean, in essence, there was certainly, there, there were certainly heavy things that did occur, but by and large, and certainly your behavior, George, like was never terribly alarming. And I think that if, if anything even did get a little wild, your relative ages made complete sense for that to be happening. Not that it gives people license to just be maniacs per se, but just it never struck me as, you know, particularly odd, let's say. Yeah. Given think, given the relative early ages. days too. Like it's not like any of us were like, you know, shooting heroin or anything like that. It yeah, was no. just like, you know, we were just like drinking or, or whatever, or yeah. carrying on. Yeah. We were young kids and we were excited to be in cities that yeah. we've never been to before. And you know, experiencing and part of that experience was, you know, drinking and carrying on. So it comes up now a lot on the show and I'm, I'm kind of becoming, you know, uh, really well fascinated by this idea of like people that grow up in punk, you know, and grow up through being in bands in punk, like, you know, and obviously you guys weren't like super young, but you're young and 
it's just uh you know like it's a world where there is no ages you know like everyone's kind of like hanging out together and largely in music it's like this too but at the same time like there's alcohol every day you know and this is a problem for adults too but like as a young person it's like you know tommy stinson was just on the podcast and he's talking about like yeah it was always around and eventually i just like got on board and started doing it because you know everyone was and wade and you know like and wade is obviously someone who's who's being very like forthright about that now you know like he's like which is not an easy thing to do i'm sure but being fairly upfront about you know either you know substance abuse and all that stuff and that's something that a lot of people deal with man especially in the line of and i mean like the whole of music is just geared towards that it makes it very easy for you to get fucked up every day if you want to and it's encouraged <laughs> like it's encouraged. they got it right at the club when you right when you get to town it's right there it's full of the back it's the backstage is full of it everybody can get you know it's a it's a tough place it's a tough place to your keep band. sober it makes oh uh, yeah you know it, it it like i got like so many friends that have died because of in music you know obviously you know, I've got friends that have died because of mental health issues, but far and away, it's it's these, the cliche of of overdoing it with party drugs. You know, yeah. And no one was like, no, I don't know, was, I don't, I don't know. It sucked. It sucks that it's just like an industry that uh, I think now people are kind of understanding the mental health stuff, but like, you know, like, uh, you know, how much appreciation do we have for this? Like, these are like we talked about, like. A lot of these people in these roles are volatile personalities or, or like people with mental health issues or people that are battling certain things, certain demons. And this whole industry is set up to like feed those demons, whatever they are, and just, you know, like be like, all right, stay on the road as long as possible. Just feed yeah. those demons, kid. Just feed them. Yeah. We uh, like, I don't know. And I think that any given moment, something goes south and you could yeah you could see yourself going down a lot of different paths like i don't know in some ways i think that like firefighting really saved my life like it was it was uh because i don't know what i would have done otherwise like i don't if i hadn't like just dug into that like i don't know the idea of like i don't know coming up short and trying to figure something out for my life working in a bar or something like that i would probably yeah been in a bad way for a long time after you know so yeah. and obviously you know megan owen you know that, that kind of centered me in that sort of way too where like you know you got something to be around for other than just you know playing music and showing up at a b- different bar every day uh so yeah i don't know i think that i think that, that helps obviously but it's different for everyone and i've also been lucky too in that i don't think i've ever really been like aside from like maybe cigarettes like i don't think i've ever really been able like like fully addicted to anything i don't think i've ever like had a problem stopping doing things but i've been around people who have who have absolutely been incapable of functioning without something and you can see you know yeah so i think in that way i've been very lucky at different times in the band i've been unable to function without different different things you know and it's you know obviously cannabis would be in the more recent times but at different times it was like anxiety medication or 
I remember having a nervous fucking breakdown in the van because I couldn't go to a record store, you know, which obviously <laughs> is, is now in retrospect, like clearly a sign of mental health stuff. But at the time it was like, I was straight edge and, and, you know, like, fuck you guys. And, you know, I was on these anti-anxiety pills, so it wasn't crazy. It was completely rational what I was doing or fuck soda, fast food, having meltdowns. Cause we, we had to eat vegan food a bunch on the road and I just wanted <laughs> fucking McDonald's or some horrible <laughs> shit for me. Yeah. yeah. It was, I look, I don't know. I think I've also like realized now how much of a nightmare it was to deal with me in a band you know and accepting that and like apologizing to the people in the band being like yo this was like the most magical moments in all our lives and here i was trying to undercut it at every single fucking moment because i didn't know how to process it it you know everybody go you know travels differently through that and i get it like i get like especially like if you're on the on tour and you're, you're dealing with anxiety you have this in your mind like the idea oh we're going to this city guess what when, second we get there i'll be able to go to this record store I'll be like something will be familiar to me or, or something that will that will kind of give me relief mm-hmm. and then when that's taken away like yeah i can i can see like that being completely something that would trigger someone yeah. <laughs> after especially after being on the road and, and, and when especially if you're on a tour that isn't going so well or you're or you're not enjoying like i don't know it's easy to kind of recoil back to doing things that i don't know that nowadays don't seem right kind of thing Um, i look i look really forward to going back on tour because i think the one thing i've kind of found is the ability to calm myself which is something i don't think i ever had like i was always looking for something to soothe myself you know and i think it, it it's the same shit people are driven to drugs to do right like you're just looking for something to help soothe you right and it's mm-hmm. if you find the comfort in these these drugs or you find the comfort in alcohol you find the comfort in fucking mcdonald's you find the comfort wherever you find it and you know being like not to sound like a, 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 a you know like a religious cult thing but like you know meditating and just breathing and finding the ability to kind of like soothe myself within myself has given me like a lot more control that I'm looking forward to being on the road and being able to kind of like use this tool. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing to have your head wrapped around. Like, I don't know. I don't fully have my head wrapped around that. You know, I think that, that, uh, you know, you can, you can deal with a certain amount of general anxiety on day to day, especially like the last few years have just been a a complete thresher for so many people on a lot of different fronts that it's, it's hard to kind of like, feel easy and easy going. So like being able to kind of find any sort of way to center yourself or feel, feel good in your own mind. Like that uh, is really, really important. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's, it's, it's not always like simple as simple as like, you know um, you know, meditation app or something like that. It takes like, you know, time to kind of figure things out. And uh, I don't know, I think I've, there's some days where if you feel like you're, I'm really wrapping my head around it or I'm busy enough that things are going on, things are, things are, everything's good. But there are times when, you know, I think like everybody deals with it where you just have a, I don't know if it's just like general misanthropy, like, you know, you're just sitting around like not feeling comfortable in the world and that, and uh, yeah, no, I think everybody kind of goes through it. It's just finding a way to kind of deal with it and process it and make life a little less of a you know of a fucking blender (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yeah, like whatever helps you get through at the end of the day. But I think the problem when you when you're on tours, it's almost like this Dionysian lifestyle where whatever helps you get through the day can be at your disposal every day. You know, it's like I don't know, it's just such a weird parallel. Like it's I don't know. I I I like I've got a new appreciation for what it did to me mentally and what I kind of can do to kind of help improve my mental thought processes on tour uh come coming back to it you know and i i don't know i just i think it's i think we underestimate how much uh, impact this kind of like stuff has on us as as human beings you know yeah you're like like the stuff that you went through you know as a kid you know i I, like once again i got a, a little taste of it and it fucked with my head, you know, and I meet people mm-hmm. that have even had a smaller taste of it than I did. And it fucked with their heads, you know, like it's it's just something that like, isn't normal to kind of go through. And it's just like, you know, I think it fucked, it, it fucked with my head too. And it still fucks with my head. I just don't channel it into treating people like shit. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's what you do is just yeah. like, you don't try not to treat people like shit around you. And that's, and that's enough. Like, you know, you treat people kind regardless of whether they can give you something like that is that's pretty much it like the, everybody i hate in the music industry are people that like are just like nice to people because they can get something from them or they're, they're working an angle or there's some hard sell behind what they're doing and i just feel like people in the music industry i like are just genuinely kind people that are are, are good people to be around you know and and i still keep a lot of like still a lot of my close friends, the people that I gravitate towards in Hamilton that are still friends with me are all some way, um, you know, uh, associated with the music industry in some way, or like was from music in some way. And, uh, and the ones that are the best, the ones that I really love being around are just all, you know, equally as kind of just like, I don't know, good to good to the people around them. None of them have like a hard (laughs) stance on, I don't know. Yeah. None of them are, uh, volatile or bad to those around them. So I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you. This is getting dark. Is this getting too dark, Damien? No, I don't think there's, no, there's, there? no, there's no, I don't know. That's why I love the show is because every time it's going to be different, you know? Well, mm. uh, to, to cut in really quick, not to just like, I think what all of what you're saying is very important. I To look at it on the other end of it, I would say that at least the years that I was around George, your ascendance and and all of that, even I myself didn't have a proper perspective to kind of really comprehend the idea of like people going through heavy shit or whatever. Like, like you understand when someone's like, you know, has issues or has something going on, but you don't comprehend someone perhaps you know, having a, like, like fully understanding what a coping mechanism is, you know what I mean? And seeing it play out. And so, and being like, granted, when I was involved then I was older than almost, it was older than everybody actually, but not by a huge amount for Dal anyway, but for the rest of you, I think I had at least five plus years. And so I was, I'm like early forties now turning 43, I think this year, but, um, okay. Yeah. So point being like when you get this age, 
yeah, yeah right now i feel like we've all caught up <laughs> but i think yeah yeah back then it was like it was a it was like a, a large big span gear, of time big, at that big point. Gap, you know yeah. it was a big big gap yeah the difference think, between yeah well and i think like you know and and even you've always been a very well adjusted uh you know you have a good temperament you're always great to be around i don't think i've ever had you know not that anyone i've never really had issues with anybody on the road to be honest but um but yeah, we've never ever even had like an awkward thing, at least in my mind. So, which with me, I think is probably a pretty good thing <laughs> because I don't think I can say that about most <laughs> most scenarios and other parts of life. But um, what I'm trying to get, at, I guess, is like looking at it in those years. It's hard, like the idea of like the road as a thing to cope with is really hard to understand when you're like to a degree when you're in it like especially at first because my involvement and in, in granted georgia you might feel the same like you the first touring i did with you guys you guys were experiencing all those same places for the most part also for the first time so it yeah. felt like doing that level of discovery including like the earliest tours dame of like that west coast tour you're talking about whatever right mm-hmm. when you're when you're seeing things for the first time it's like when things start to really become different not only are the years you put in, but are this idea where it becomes like this routine or, you know what I mean? Things like that start to sink in. I think when it's like years of discovery, it's like to look at it positively. I just think like, yeah, people are dealing with things, but it's a little easier to bear because it's also such like a adventure. Right. And then eventually it's the routine of it. It's when that idea of it maybe feeling like an actual job starts to sink in or the groundhog dayness of that. Right. But yeah. in those years, I was like, even being relatively, you know, I was in my mid twenties or whatever. And like, I still wasn't, I like, in my view, I thought I had, you know, the world figured out as everyone does, especially when you're young, but I didn't. And to see things like people going through things or to comprehend how or why, or, you know, when I think back now, I look back and I just think, man, like, you know, there was a lot of things that I would view a lot differently now, or I would maybe, um, I don't know, try to be a little more sympathetic or something. Not that I, not that I was like a dick or anything. It just, you know, you see like, you know, there's been people we know, George or, or Dan, like we have struggled. And I, you know, even in years, I, it was, I would chalk things up to just, you know, again, young people being young people. Right. And, and, but you don't recognize that maybe it's a little more at first, or maybe, you know, that's, I think what you guys are getting at for me on the Completely. positive end, as someone who like, at least for these big moments where I was invested on a friendship level, but not on a creative level, that became difficult for me to reconcile because my, you know, quote unquote, my return on investment became like lower and lower. Meaning I loved the experience with obviously all of you who I love being around, but it became to the point where I didn't have that for the most part. Right. Because it would be, I would be busy and working my fucking ass off and never see anybody. Right. And then that's when it just didn't become fun to speak from a personal perspective. Um, For sure. So to attach that to music, I couldn't imagine what that feels like in terms of my creative outlet is this, but maybe eventually it starts to feel routine or it starts to not feel like that, you know, and, and how do you cope with that? Right. So. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. The first time you go to the first time you go to England, and like you're flying into London Heathrow Airport, and you're just like, "Oh my God, I'm across the pond." I probably said this on another <laughs> podcast we talked about, Damien. <laughs> like, but uh, but yeah, you know, it's just like so exciting. And then like the 14th time, you're like, 
you're like, oh my god, I gotta go to fucking London Heathrow Airport. It's like a fucking, it's like the the airport from Total Recall. It's like some <laughs> like just like some horrible hellscape, futuristic hellscape. And then and you know like yeah, no, everything kind of you can you can you can turn it into a grind, yeah. is what yeah. I'm getting at. And 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 I think that uh, you know uh, you're right. Uh, eventually, the glory fades of just like you know I'm I'm conquering the earth i'm going around to all these different places and playing s- s- songs and then all of a sudden you can get yeah all those things that maybe you're running from or hiding from can kind of catch up i think a little bit and you know it's not always i mean don't get me wrong like i'm pleased as hell to be back in it i don't mean to be talking so down about it this all this time and stuff like that but i i do love that i've got this in my back pocket and there's something about i have now that I've come back to it and it's not so much my like main source of, it's not like my main source of income. It's not something I, I it's something I can kind of very much so dip in and out of when, as I see fit. Um, uh, I, I appreciate it a lot more as a result to that, I think. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, it took me, it took me a while there where I had to kind of refall in love with it. And, uh, and now I'd say that I'm, 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 well, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing again. I haven't played a show in a very long time, but I'm, uh, I'm very curious. How did the, how did the, the Toronto show go, Damien? Were you like, it was awesome. I don't know. It was, weird. yeah, it felt really weird. You know, like, you know, it's still, it's still like a thawing out, like trying to figure things out. Like you look at stuff going on in America in terms of shows and it wasn't that, you know, in terms of like people going crazy and like losing their minds but it was it felt really cathartic and it felt really cool to be there with all those people you know and like looking out there and just seeing people like a mass of people like that i hadn't seen a mass of people like that firsthand well it's at a riot fest like i'm cheating i went to riot fest so you know (laughs) riot fest was kind of like you know and it certainly wasn't the same as being on stage with rise against in chicago which believe me was there are a lot of people there for that couple Uh, folks Holy jeez, uh, but it still was like, yeah, it, it's fucking crazy getting back out. I feel there. like I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna like, like cry. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be a very moving thing when I finally play a show. I'll probably play with Dead Tired before I get to play with Alexis or anything like yeah. that. But, but uh, have you even been to a show, George, since it hit or no? Uh, closest thing I went to is uh, um, it's called like Suba by the Bay, like this bar that kind of went under in Hamilton uh during covid started doing these kind of like pop-up like dj things and it was like it was just like a big it was almost like an outdoor nightclub on the bay in hamilton and that was pretty much the closest thing i've been to that was a like live music oh also covid elvis there's an elvis impersonator that comes around during covid and uh he sets up in your driveway so last winter (laughs) that happened and that was (laughs) Like I was just like, holy fuck, that was an amazing. That's almost a year ago now. It's just what to think about it, but, uh, but that was <laughs> like that was the first like live concert I'd seen in a year at that point, and I was yeah. just, I was blown away. I was so I was so grateful to just be watching this Elvis impersonator, you know, uh, <laughs> perform in my neighbor's driveway, and they like raise money or like a few they they do sends up and they do a food drive and all this stuff. I don't know. That's about as close as I've been to a concert in a while. I'm looking forward to it. I've got tickets to things. I got tickets to see Mets and I got tickets to see Mogwai and I'm excited to go do that. Nice. I, I, I haven't been to any big event, but I went to one for the first time since the pandy hit and it's, 
it was yeah like like damien obviously you went to some large ones and you performed and so it's probably even different on your level but i just found it like incredibly <clears throat> like it just i don't know it's like the idea of taking something for granted and then realizing no this is a really great thing that i really missed for a couple of years and i say that as someone who's incredibly cynical about cynical about live music for the most part um but even i was like yeah no this is right on like i i this needs to come back because i'm i need this which is not something <laughs> yeah. i probably would have said like to whatever two two and a half years ago three years ago oh no um, exactly and that's and that's exactly it like two and a half years ago you're like i you know i'd get tickets for something and then like and then like the night would come and, it, and you'd almost be like oh man i don't know if i want to go into the city tonight it's gonna be yeah. such an effort to go and do that <laughs> and then and then, and now it's like you know and then and then fast forward to a year of not doing that and then you're crying watching COVID elvis <laughs> <laughs> some, guy, some guy sing my way in a, nice. in a snowy fucking parking lot <laughs> it was great i don't know I yeah. saw I saw Dinosaur Jr. and Negative Approach of that Camp Dino thing first. Little better than Covis Elf. Covis yeah, Tear exactly. up, man. Oh my Humble god. Bread, yeah. Absolutely. There were moments, and I've said this before, but there were moments where I legit didn't think I'd ever see live music again. Like certainly not live hardcore. I remember talking to someone being like, Yeah, if they don't find some sort of vaccine or something we're not going to have live shows because like, it's just going to, people are just not going to be willing to climb on top of each other and do what you have to do to make a hardcore show, a hardcore show. And, you know, granted everyone was like scared shitless and it was kind of a little fearful and it wasn't like a full on mosh pit, but like being around people like wearing masks and, and, and kind of like dancing for negative approach was just like overwhelming. It was fucking crazy. I, I really, yeah. One of my favorite sets ever, and Dino too. Obviously, being the first band I ever saw, uh, you know, really, you know, punk band or alternative band type thing, and then here I am watching him again as the first band back was just like, man, my life is full circle. Yeah, <laughs> there's gonna be lots of like, yeah, I don't know. it's good for people to look back on this time and think about it. Like, I don't know, from the perspective of somebody who's like saw a lot of it from a first responder, like you know, sort of standpoint, it was, it, it's just been so relieving letting the guard down post vaccination mm -hmm. a little bit. Like it's just been, cause at the, at the beginning it was so tense and you just kept, you were just kind of waiting. You had the sensation that we were all going to get it, especially at the, like, you know, I didn't have the, I didn't have the luxury of, you know, barricading myself in the house. And like, I had to be, in the fire hall with, the, and, and uh, there's only really, I mean, like we had a lot of protocol that we had to, to do to keep ourselves safe, but um, it just felt like eventually this was going to happen and it was going to sweep the department and we were all going to get it. And as you know, we all took fairly good care of one another and, and, uh, and very, very few people got it in Oshawa. I don't know. Like, uh, um, so we got, you know, we managed to, to make it through safe. And now that, like, it's just not, it's just not something that I feel like, even if it does make its way in now, it's like, you know, we, we've all got the, we've all got the vaccine and the chances of something really bad happening are, are slim to nil. So yeah, like the guard, the, just like letting that guard down was very, very relieving. And, uh, you know, yeah. When we do like a, a work, uh, 
retirement party and there was just like everybody was there and it was just felt good like to you know here we are we're all we've all been had our vaccination and we're all hanging out and enjoying like you know being around people like that's another thing too is like at the beginning we just weren't seeing anybody i wasn't hanging out with anybody i wasn't really doing anything and now it's like okay and now we can you know have dinner with our friends and not really worry about it i don't know that's just something that you really take for granted as well went to a restaurant a little while ago holy <laughs> shit that's amazing when you that, get to do that yeah <laughs> oh, it feels man. so weird i like it feels very weird and like i got there's a lot of people that i know that didn't make it through it you know and just uh to be on the other side of it now and to be like man we made it to the other side of this thing and they're not here and it's just like yeah it was so bleak during this thing and it's like just to know that we're kind of weirdly on another side of it and like yeah like whatever happens happens from here but it's just like i wish these people could have seen this moment you know like i know <laughs> might not have made them get through it but it could have mm-hmm. um anyway man this is getting real downer yeah man <laughs> Yeah. It's been like I thought here I think like we're gonna get we're gonna fucking hang out with loons. We're gonna be like all get John about old times back on the road, yeah. eating the eating the moon over my hammy at Denny's at like four in the morning after playing in like Albuquerque or some shit like that. Yeah. There's, you know, like there's yeah. a wild ass well, Alexis on fire video on there that I think I sent to you a tool where it's like you guys playing, I think, New Brunswick for the first time. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like it's show. pre me. It's pre me, George. So it'd be the first East Coast tour in it. Yeah, you gotta watch this shit, man. Like you guys are kids, and you guys are like, it's because there's not a lot of people there. It's just basically all personality. You guys are just like working in the room. And we used to do some weird things back then, where like we would always like, especially like the hall shows. Um, at the time, like if you were if you went and saw like a hall show, like a lot of the bands would turn out all the lights and they'd kind of like make it dim and try and like give it like a mood. Well, we were like really into just like someone going sh- would shut the lights off and we'd start to play. And we'd be like, "No, you turn those lights back on!" <laughs> like you know, like we want we want full. I don't have anything to hide. You got to look directly at my face while I do this. You know, like there was a lot of like turning on lights and making it as bright as possible in the room. And I feel like that show, like, I, I think I know the, the footage. I think someone sent that to me as well, actually. And like, I think, I think it was like one of those shows where we were like lights on, here you go. Here's what you're going to, you're going to look at a bunch of awkward teenagers playing, you know, weird music and, and you got to see it full on. <laughs> and then, and then it got to a point where we were bringing our own floodlights as well. Like we'd bring like, you bring extra Box lights style. to just like, here it is. No, no, no. Like just all lights, like leave the lights on. And then I want it even brighter. Like, yeah, I don't know. We were, it was, there was a lot of, uh, I don't know. I think it was, we just wanted to be a little bit different from what everybody else was doing, I guess, or I don't know. No, but that but was those, a very common thing. I think, I think we're, I don't know. We're all very fortunate collectively to have lived through those years. I feel like in terms of, yeah because like even when i think like i when you came out to when we really kind of really first chatted dame i think i hadn't talked to you before that i thought maybe i had nope. though but maybe not nope i remember seeing you guys at um fuck I don't, i'm trying to remember what show it would have been and beeve had put out the keep it up seven inch uh-huh, and you guys yeah. had the like anti double kick pedal shirts. 
<laughs> yeah. And classic. Like, yeah. And, and I remember being like, who are these guys to be? And he's like, oh, these, these dudes from Niagara over yeah. here. And I didn't talk to you at that show, but it was like, that must have been shortly before uh, we met the first time. But I feel, I see, yeah, like for real, real, yeah, we probably had, but I feel like that Keep It Up must have existed. And I feel like we maybe had already played with you, but maybe I'm wrong. Did you come to Suspect Video one time? No. To see Chris Like I've been, but I I never know. I never, uh, I never chopped it up with anyone in there. But yeah, I remember, obviously, I remember Suspect. But yeah, no, uh, never chatted with really you or Chris or any folks in there. That's more George. George probably did. I I remember, I don't remember George coming in. I remember like, I remember um, Liam. We all we we'd all been we'd all been in there. I'm not sure if I was in there. I may have talked to you in there one time. Well, I think I'm not sure. Like definitely, you worked at the one. Friends. You worked at the one on uh, on at Honest Ads, though, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I would have been at the one on on Queen Street. Yeah. I remember going yeah. in there, buying like you know Wade getting like the cinema sewer, uh, like you know like those those like <laughs> books of uh, cinema sewer zines and stuff. I have yeah. every issue of Cinema Sewer. Oh my god. That zine. It was so it was originally it was like kind of just like, you know, like kind of weird horror movies and shit like that. And then it went full just like porn. Yeah, just like <laughs> here's the most here's like the most graphic things put the most to heinous movies to read about. Yeah. I loved it because I didn't have to actually watch these movies. I just read about them and be like, yeah, I'm never gonna watch that shit. <laughs> like oh, Yeah, god. yeah. There's a lot of that. Like I, I don't, I had no interest in watching like any of the, any of the things that they talked about or like some of the interviews were so fucking intense, but like, yeah, I don't know. You could look at it without actually looking at it. Yeah. yeah. It was so like, yeah, cinema store. And also like, I don't know, I was going to be a film, like I, I even accepted to OCAD and I had full, uh, you know, intentions of going there and, and getting into the film program. So like suspect video was like the place where you could get, things that i you know at the time were really hard to come by yeah it also it was like also like because chris Callahan was you know a celebrity it was like a way you could go and like just chat with chris you know, like, <laughs> like a weirdo yeah yeah like just go like oh shit what's up chris like you know and like i i say this as someone that used to do that you know i'm the og i consider myself the og call fan my Kalachuk and myself were like the original like Chris Callahan Punishers like went, who went over to his house I remember we met Lisa McLean one night at her show and she's like yeah I live with Chris Callahan and we're like what and she's like why don't you guys come over to the house and hang out after the show I'm trying, I'm trying to remember which show it was at Who's Emma but anyway we go over to Chris Callahan's house and all of a sudden I'm like in his bedroom like oh shit I'm in the dude from Left 4 Dead's bedroom <laughs> <laughs> this is sick like taping records off of like he's giving me the swarm the original version of the swarm 10 inch and stuff like that like the recordings i mean before it was actually like a record which is had all these weird taxi driver samples that i guess they chickened out on trying to clear mm-hmm. um, <laughs> george george brought up an excellent point earlier which i just want to kind of delve in not that i consider chris to be someone who quote-unquote works in the music industry but I, like shout out to him because he's always from my experience been an incredibly nice guy and yeah. incredibly entertaining to what must be the worst experiences semi-frequently of him having to deal with like generation after generation of call a fan yeah. and uh 
he's in, he's got a lot of grace and he has a lot of patience and wisdom. And I, I've always found them to be lovely. That's the kind of thing I think George is getting at earlier. Like those are the people I agree similarly that I, I really like seeing and encountering. Yeah. And especially people who have been incredibly consistent uh, and for a, a very, very long duration. Like I've never, ever had an even strange experience with him in terms of like attitude or, and, and no. I cannot say that fun, about a lot of very people. kind, like no chip yeah. on his shoulder at all. And when yeah. I was very young and like, he just like, you know, yeah. Like I, I, I knew, first of all, like, like we were, we would like play with cursed and I remember just being yeah. so in awe of him and, uh, and, and he would just, yeah, he'd just come back to the, to the merch table and set up next to you and, and, and he'd be very social and, and just like a really good guy and never flexed any sort of hardcore credibility or anything like that. Even though he probably could have over every person in the room, he was always just like a very inviting, yeah, good guy to be around. And he still is, still is. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't talked to Chris in a very long time, but I would, I would, if I saw him somewhere, I would love to saw him in Ottawa one day, same day I saw I saw Chris Callahan walk down the street, and then two minutes later, uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Whoa! <laughs> there you have it. Wow. Pick your king, though. Pick your king. I know who I'm <laughs> Callahan. No. Of course, of course. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't want to Don't get me wrong. No disrespect to 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 Gord. I mean, I like uh, you know, uh, you know, Gordon Lightfoot is is great, but you know, there was a time and place. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. born. I wasn't born when those yeah. records came out. And my, yeah. my, my Gordon Lightfoot is Chris Callahan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But you bring, another thing you, that made me think of when you were talking, George, about the movie thing and the OCAD thing, because I do remember that. That's, kind of, that's the era I get to know you is like you're locally, you're, well, locally, like you're playing in Alexis, I think, at that point. But you're not obviously from the area I'm from, technically. Or I guess, yeah, Grimsby is Niagara. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's not yeah. as immediate. And so... George is one of the first people that kind of like breaks ice of a generation for me slightly because George is very cool. Right. So it's like all of a sudden I'm seeing a dude who's referencing some movie thing on a message board or has like a cool shirt, see him at like a cool show. Like I I have a very vivid memory to this day of seeing you at melt banana at the silver dollar. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking like, I don't remember if anyone else local even was there from our, our neck of the woods. And I just remember thinking, okay, this dude's like, cool. Like he really knows what's up. Like, this is sick. And then I, I think it was I remember around going that, to that time. Show. Yeah, that was incredible. And I remember taking my girlfriend at the time who had no interest in music whatsoever. <laughs> uh, and, and it blew the best her move. mind. The best move. It, oh yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Like, you know, no, this, know. Is the, this is the test. <laughs> Uh, yeah. We're going to go see Mel Banana and you got to yeah. come with me. And then she came and she, it blew her mind because she'd yeah. never seen anything. Didn't really, I don't think it was necessarily like an opening. Like it, she became like a, you know, she loved weird Japanese <laughs> loud, <laughs> no wave yeah. after that. But, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, that was a, it was a cool show, but thank you but, for that. I don't know. And, no, and as no, far as like, it, yeah, liking cool, film cool, and cool. stuff. Yeah. I was definitely one of those. I was, you know, I tried to keep her breast. It helped having friends like you and like others that could kind of turn me on to certain stuff. But I felt like I could kind of hold my own. And when I, um, uh, as far as, you know, uh, cinema stuff went, like I was, I was pretty into that at that time. Definitely. 
Yeah, but that was like for the, the hidden history of things that people don't know, like that is a big component, at least to my involvement, is years like that when it wasn't like I'm pretty certain that everyone knows that like, you know, Screamo isn't my be all and end all or whatever as like a Sonic, but it was more like <laughs> yeah. liter- literally the, you know, the meeting you, knowing you're cool. Obviously I knew Dal for many years and then we eventually became good pals, of course, but it, it was all that, that that's what morphed into my involvement in those years. Right. So, but that era of what we're talking about, is such a, like a weird, innocent time in terms of like discovery anyway, for me. And so it's funny that in those years, I kind of met you both really in the same kind of manner, except obviously Damien's um, Damien was more, I was more aware of Damien on a fan level prior, of course, not that I wasn't a fan of you as a human being, George, of course, but no, I know um, George also, you, you, you need, you also don't get enough points. Also, might I add for being like a raging pit guy. Like George was fearless. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm shut. This is public record now. George is George used to be a raging pit guy, and I don't mean like a guy who would like punch people in the head and act like a tough guy, but in a weird, fearless way. Like if you went basement shows or whatever of like whatever years that would have been, like between I don't know, like some in the span of like 2000 to like 2002, three, you would usually see the long-haired George, similar to the pulmonary pulmonary archery video like raging it up and like you don't get enough props for that and i knew i still know people that i think it was even like uh hoyback and like people like that would would put you on they were like no no george is like because they would see you at gigs for real and like not just fucking you know standing at the back and like that was that was you in that era like you were i the did wild genuinely i don't know yeah. i did genuinely like that like you know that style of music it wasn't yeah. a show and it wasn't like i was yeah. It wasn't like I was gaining points or becoming friends. I just genuinely enjoyed going to shows and moshing and dancing yeah. around and getting involved. Like it's the same thing as performance. It was like it was a way of getting a feel of that. Like that that like you you kind of have that freak out at like a high energy state and you kind of go away to another place. Mm-hmm. And that so that yeah, that that has entirely been my experience with music is trying to you know seek out that kind of otherworldly experience of just like being in a high energy situation and that was hard and that was punk and hardcore for me as a kid and and all that stuff i always was you know uh i think the first time i saw a mosh pit it scared the hell out of me and i just wanted to kind of get closer and closer to it and i don't know maybe i'm just like yeah i don't know that was I thank no, you. you. I don't know. I don't know. No, you were, no, you definitely were. And I definitely was involved in those shows. And I, I wanted to, yeah, I like, I like the way that I, I don't know. It made, made more sense to me than just standing around. No, hundred, hundred percent. But that, I don't know if Damien really experienced that George, you know what I mean? That much is what I'm trying to seen get at. that George yeah, at fucked up shows. I, I definitely yeah. like, I remember the first time we hung out, in toronto was you were going to uh a rise over run last show or something or they were playing some sounds about right yeah Uh, and you and we you and me hung out and you were like you were like we were talking about moshing or something like that and dancing and stuff like i saw you and also i've seen you yeah at fucked up shows i've seen you mosh and stuff and of course at election shows on stage, I've seen you go nuts. I think the mosh pits, like you're saying, though, like that's like there's no other thing like that that we experience in society. There's no other, you know, like 
sports, you know, obviously combat sports, especially like there's physical contact in those, but they're, they're very controlled, right? Like they're the whole point behind those things is kind of like controlled or, or spontaneous bursts of contact and like tackle football and things like that. Whereas I think it's, this, I think it's the same thing. I think like performance and like, I don't know, I, I work with, I work closely with a guy who played like high level college football and like, we were like jawing about this a, a while ago, kind of like probably both half in the bag. And I was explaining how I, I believe that like, you know, him playing center for, uh, you know, at, a, at, at that high of a competitive level, in a football game has got to feel extremely similar to performing, you know, in, in a band, you know, you, you, you're both in this like high intensity situation. you got to carry out certain tasks and, and, uh, and to and, and do things. But while at this kind of like peak frenzied state where you're like, just like by the end of it, you're like a mess, you're sweaty and you know, all that stuff. So I think, I think that it's, it's probably pretty similar. Oh, to being in a band, definitely. But like to be like, I mean, like just being in the pit, like where you don't have to think about anything. You just like literally surrender yourself to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like where else can you do that? Like where else can you like have intense physical contact on mass like that? Maybe an orgy. Maybe an orgy's like that. I've never <laughs> been in an orgy. Yeah, so. I think I think I think fucking is a bit, you know, it, you can go to that place as well. Good. Uh, I think yeah. then, but like, also, I'd be like thinking about a lot of stuff at that point. You know, there'd be a lot of like things in my head at the same time. Wouldn't be the same as the music where I'm just like focused on like, you know, what 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 the music that's coming off the stage at me. You know, what negative approach yeah. was doing, for example. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Uh, <laughs> Martian. Yeah, fun times. I've I've been no, thinking about, I, I, I've overanalyzed this shit so much now. Like that's what I spent my whole day doing now because this podcast is just all I do. Oh my god! I I just bring all that up earlier though to say I think there is like a, a perception of someone you know that is removed at times, and I think of course being an adult changes things dramatically for most people, including I think all three of us. And but in terms of like when people look back or like you know, the notoriety of either of you, it's rooted to something that maybe people don't see as much anymore. That's why I was just like shouting that out. And I think like in punk and hardcore, it's very much like in vogue to talk about how much of a pit person someone is or whatever. Right. And like, I feel like there's some people that don't get their due. So George deserves it. George, you were a wild man. And, oh, thank uh, you, Chris. And thank it, you. And, and vibe. George also had, you had swagger like crazy. Like, <laughs> of that era no you did and like for a minute i swear to god you were, must have been the style icon for like all of at least southern ontario or something like these are things that i don't think people really like comprehend yeah. anymore or or, or or are willing to talk to like there's tons of look at any picture of people look at look at all look at any picture of people from back then Everybody looked like a total disaster. Dumpy jeans, like a tight <laughs> baseball shirt and like a mesh back yeah, cap. Yeah. 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 George Pettit. I was a, yeah, I was, I was definitely of that ilk. I was one of the people who were dressing like, uh, because I looked like a disaster. Any of the old pictures, I mean, it looked like a, it looked like a total disaster, but yeah. No, but, uh, it, but, but it was, the aesthetic was a certain thing. And of course, like there's always been people that have done it here and there. I'm not going to say like you were the only one, of course, but just in yeah. terms of that era, like you don't get enough props for that either. So I'm putting that out there too. Like, I'm telling mm, you, like, like you're, you're making me blush over here. No, but these are the <laughs> things. Like these are the things. Like I would say that, like you know, 
people don't remember like or maybe people do but like similarly like people don't remember angry damien but angry damien like for as much as angry damien laments it now like it was great like it was yeah. such a great thing to be around and like these are things that i don't want them to return because i know what i know that progression involves like you know it's what's involved with the progression to get where we are now but i just think there's a lot of things that get lost to time that people aren't willing to acknowledge or whatever and i think like obviously george you've had a, a very fortunate life that you've done a lot of great things for good reason but these are little things that just on on the street level i'm saying it now when there was the <laughs> when there was condemning salem george was oh, a wild yeah. man and even in the early days of alexis when i didn't even acknowledge alexis at first i couldn't not acknowledge george and that's what i'm trying to get through here god damn yeah, yeah that's a, that is a substantial medal right there yeah i'm gonna get invited <laughs> well, i remember i'm gonna go back to I, you know, like uh, when we were recording the Bergenfield four seven inch, I remember Loons <laughs> came up to me and during that and, and was like, you know what, George, you get so much cred for doing this. <laughs> and Did I, I say, said, really? Well, you were, jo- I think you were joking. And then, oh, I, oh. And, then and I said, and I said, uh, <laughs> oh, you think I'll, I'll get invited to all the cool punk parties now? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I, I think you just I, I I'm, I'm 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 pleased as hell that that you say that stuff about me. It's nice to be looked at in that way because it's so hard because you look back at those old pictures and you just think of yourself as like <laughs> a kid who hadn't quite figured out how to dress yet. I still haven't figured out how to dress, but like you know, <laughs> like you haven't you think about that and you kind of lose the context of it. There's a reason why, even though I you know looked like a disaster, there was there were you know. <laughs> I, I, I definitely was fearless about performance and all that stuff back then. And I was trying to go as wild as humanly possible, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. Thanks for the compliment. No, you don't no thanks me, my friend. But I, yeah, I just, it's, it's, I think it's easy to look back now because we've had, or at least I feel like I've had almost two years of just, nostalgia to be in my head because nothing else was going on but yeah i don't know yeah. it's an era. i do miss that era there's a lot i don't miss but i do miss that i miss kind of the innocence of some of the things related to that like you painting some pictures earlier in my, my mind i was like oh man yeah i forgot about movie george movie buff george and like that era yeah such a such a good time these things I are still here a- chris or, sorry go on george hmm? what's up george? Oh, yeah. or, on the subject say, of, oh yeah, Damien, you go. Sorry. I was going to say, like, uh, well, these things are still here, Chris. The thing that's really lost the sands of time is mm. O'Toole Bees, Chris O'Toole as the front man. <laughs> when you would like no, hold no, it no, down, no. rabies style, for the uh, Niagara region. <laughs> oh, you know, no, well, the true well, lower, let's get the, the let's lower get keep east it up side. On the streamers, let's get let's get keep it up on the streamers, okay? Because there's times when there's times when I really could use hearing united party like i could just like it would be soothing for me or like yeah. i need it yeah and uh and there's no way like it's not even on it's not even on youtube i don't think. yeah I, I don't know man i don't i don't uh i well i get i'll i appreciate the compliment i guess <laughs> I but, uh, and i'm being genuine yeah, no no i yeah, go on. Keep it up shows one of the best shows I still ever saw. I, I maintain that. Like that was such a cool vibe that show. No, that's hype. That's being hyperbolic. Oh, come on, that. dude. I've seen but, a lot of shit. I, I I ride for that. I, I've always maintained that. 
But I, uh, I have, it's an evolving list too. Stuff falls off this list all the time. But. <laughs> no, I think I do. It's funny you say it in this context because I do feel like in many ways that is a very much like a former life in my mind. Not that I have any shame on it or anything. I just don't feel. I, I actually had watched not even that show. I watched another show because I dug out. We had another live recording put on DVD, weirdly enough. And I watched that and I was kind of like, it didn't feel real to watch. Like it didn't feel like I was watching myself. So um, yeah, as far as putting on streaming services, I don't know. Like, yeah, it would just take like, <laughs> some like patience and whatever. It would take like an afternoon of you figuring out how to put it on like Bandcamp or something like that. It would take you like dude, no time at all. Dude, if I saw you, if you, if I could show you that, like if I had the video going right now in the room I'm in, you would understand the bane of my existence. Like to actually find the stuff was <laughs> a bit of a chore to, to be perfectly honest. But no, I'm just like, if I'm being real about it, like I, I, yeah, I've heard, not that specific inquiry, but a few people have been bugging me lately about stuff related to that. And it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, like, I don't know, like I, for you, of course, it makes me want to do it, but it's like at the same time, like if I just don't, it's like, does the world need that? I don't know, man. I'm good. <laughs> like, I did, like, I just, you know, I, I kind of like also that it's a bit esoteric and a bit hard to get, to be perfectly honest, as the collector in me. Turned into so, Polk Records because you could keep it up reissue. Oh, no. Come and on. Then, no. And then uh, George can uh, make you guys do a reunion for Alexis on Fire, opening for Alexis on Fire. Oh, uh, no. There we go. No. Well, you know what? It's like, Which the lineup? The Which money, lineup the money would be good. I'll do it for the money, George. What are we, what are we getting? <laughs> what are you getting? I got money? mortgage payments now. I didn't have mortgage oh, payments. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear that, bud. He's looking at sure me we all got mortgage payments now, so yeah. He's looking for that replacements yeah. reunion money, George. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'm no, saying I, is I, I, I feel a lot better about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel a lot no, better about doing the show if I have five hundred dollars in my pocket or whatever. <laughs> no, the fucking uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. I, it's so it, it takes an energy to be that. I don't know. It, It'd be what, the same sort is, of thing. I don't think the Bergenfield stuff is on any on anything. No, like, I don't think I, there's I, any way to hear that. And I, I, if someone was like, I need to hear that, I would, I would probably be like, yeah, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> but yeah, the energy <laughs> it takes to put that out. I, I get it. I get what you're saying. I, I'm really happy with that though, to be like, I know what you're saying. I'm really happy with Bergenfield, not just because you're all, we're all here right now talking, but you know, bar Kehoe, but three of us, but like, I think what it is, is you, like, to be perfectly honest, what you guys were talking about earlier, like there's just, I don't have any like issue with anything i've been a part of but it's it's there is like a weird it's weird fronting a band like it really is and it's it feels strange to me now as an old person like legit it feels weird to me and like i it's like i can't identify with it in some way so like i do have a bit of apprehension maybe on that level probably because i like navigating in the square world where people like don't understand like i can't imagine how you two do it like i just yeah so that's probably my only real like aversion to it, but I don't really, you know, I'm not, I'm not like I said, I'm not ashamed of anything, or whatever. I'm happy with everything, but it's just, I don't, I just don't feel the need. The other thing too is like, I just would rather like, there's tons of new shit, you know, go listen to that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Like I, I granted though, I say that and I, I mostly listen to old stuff. Right. So I'm like, not, 
and not well, the new stuff that you preach. listen to sounds a lot like the old stuff yeah sure <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah you know like i just i don't know you know what i mean it just feels like it's cool i i accept the compliment in passing but yeah but bergenfield i think like that record apart from the the various turned out a punk <laughs> umbrella shows where the snippets of it are heard i Amen. do i'm i'm very pleased with that record i still I, I still have all the records in my basement so if anyone needs a copy just nice. let me know guys because i still have all the copies here. nice <laughs> we were like we were like the first nft where like we created forced scarcity <laughs> yeah like like we, we created forced scarcity it never really paid off but you know no. yeah like there were most of the records were just like kept among us and they're yeah. all here there were, if you guys I, next time you guys come over i'm gonna give you guys each a huge stack because i think one day whoosh this is like this is like killed by death gold like future kill by death. <laughs> like, We're playing the long game on yeah, this one. It's yeah. a long, yeah. Twenty yeah. fifty kill by death. They're gonna freak the fuck out about this thing. They're gonna be like, "Holy yeah. shit!" How many copies mm-hmm. of Bergenfield are you sitting on? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it. It. I. I also like. Am so glad that you know you guys were like down to do that. Like I feel like we got to do like this like crazy little band that weirdly sounds like violent femmes meets poison idea meets i don't know i love that record i think that's like probably wasn't a gun club at that time gun a lot. Club definitely like yeah, trying yeah. to do that yeah yeah and like i don't know yeah i don't yeah it's a so it's, it's a cool little nugget from back in the day yeah the other thing on that note also that you don't get enough credit for it. You're a great guitar player, George. Yeah. And the world, I don't know how aware the world is of that, but you legit they're gonna are. Find out. They're about to find out. Well, no, they're, no, they're, they're I... going to find out, but you're singing, dude. That's the part that's crazy. I was talking to Jonah today, <laughs> well, and my God, too. you can sing, dude. That's, that's been like something you've been, you've been hiding from people. Definitely unlocked a couple of things on this new Alexis record. And like, I'm not, uh, and then like, you know, I'm not used to necessarily boasting about, things that we've done but i do feel like it was really fun and there were several moments in the in the studio where we it, like you know we had these revelations and all of a sudden we figured out so we'd unlock some new gear of something new to do and it worked out really well yeah there's and, no, uh, no record you've done that sounds like this but it's fuck it's like uh like it's completely new sounding. It's awesome. It's 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 wild. I think it still ready. sounds like Alexis on fire though. Like I, I I do think it still sounds like like yeah us. Yeah. I know but what you're like, saying. But still very. But but yeah, we've pushed it again in a different. I think I think that the Alexis on fire fans are gonna hear it and they're gonna they're gonna like it. But it is different. Like I think there are some different elements to it. Anyway, I, I feel know. like I feel like stuff work is like it's like it's like kind of like the progression of Lexus on Fire has been things like the disparate elements ex- accentuating each other as opposed to like being jarring with each other as the effect, you know. And this is mm-hmm. like that synchronicity has really come together where it seems like you know it's just like a, a new sonic that you guys are doing, like versus like. Obviously, the melodic, you know, a- aggressive kind of contrast is like something that's so, you know, key to like, you know, obviously screamo and punk and hardcore and emo and like everything. But at the same time, like to hear it, like where now it's like instead of fighting against each other, it's now like working in synchronicity with each other is like awesome. 
to the light. Yeah. And cool. Well, thank you very much. I, it was, it was a cool, it was definitely a very cool and good feeling record to make. Like we all worked together really well and man, Jonah is, is so cool to work with. Like as like somebody who mixed the record, I was kind of like the point person on that. Like it was just like with day-to-day conversations. Uh, that guy is just like, is just clearly very brilliant and so charismatic and really fun. And like, yeah, from like the first few conversations, like just completely fell in love with him. He is just like such a great person to work with. And he did a great job mixing the record. He really knocked it out of the park. So, and he did it all from a boat, (laughs) like in the, I don't know. Poseidon. Yeah. He's, he's Poseidon, you know? Yes, he is. He, uh, no, I like, I, I, he is, he is, uh, one of the sweetest human beings in the world, you know? And like, I think if you and him had a band together, like, I'm trying to think who else you'd fill out the band with because the band would never stop touring and it would be like the most positive, friendly band ever. <laughs> and the vibe would just be like so, like, it'd be like what Edge WK you know, has a character to be, you know, but for real (laughs) every day, you guys would like wake up just like high five each other. Like, Hey, Hey, how you doing? It's like amazing, man. Like just, you know, but genuine. Cause there's so many people that just fake that vibe. I mean, like for real, for real. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a very unique character. Extremely well-written like correspondence. Like our, I feel like I, I, we could put a zine out of the, uh, of just our, like, whatsapp conversations and stuff like that <laughs> like he he's just smart. dropped some he dropped some total science on you know just like when he was like describing the record and like uh i don't know yeah i because I, I talked to him i was like look like you know like i'm a complete philistine when it comes to the the studio so like and we all don't like we don't have our dissertation in musical composition okay like we mm-hmm. don't know how anything works so there's going to be a lot of us like hurling metaphors at you and you have to interpret those things. And he was just like, Oh, I speak fluent band. And in fact, you're, you know, like, and like, I don't know. It was just so funny. Like him describing certain parts of the songs is like, this is okay. So when the electric Buffalo crest the hill, all right. Uh, and they, and they're just keep driving, you know, like, and I'm like, what are you, this is that I know exactly what you're talking about, but what are you talking about? <laughs> He's very, very fun to work with. Very, like, very funny and uh and and uh are very articulate well you saw what he was coming from man like he he can speak any band language like and fucked up the shit he asked to like in career suicide like my god like he probably felt like working with you guys was like you know working with like a symphony you know where everyone's just been like trained in this art for their whole lives compared to like the shit shows that are fucked up in career suicide I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, like he, he seemed to have a genuinely good time doing it and I, I hope he did anyway. Oh, and, yeah, uh, he definitely did. Yeah. And I think like, you know, and at the end of the day, I feel like he could be a really like, if that's what he wanted to do and just like produce and, and, uh, and, you know, do different kind of studio related positions and stuff like that. I mean, obviously you lose him as a drummer. Like he's just like such a spectacular musician as well. But uh, he'd be a valuable asset to anybody mixing a record or producing a record or anything like that. Like he's just like got a really unique take on things. And it probably has to do with all like the 
um, you know, him recording stuff in the fucked up jam space and making yeah. it sound incredible. And, and with almost nothing, you know, making things great, like that vicious cycle record. And like, you know, I remember I was in the room where they were, they were making it in and it was your jam space. Like yep. it was just like a closet. And, yep. uh, and they made this perfect sounding piece of, you know, music at the time. I don't know. Yeah. Just, your record and, and Chubby and the Gang this year, right? Like two hugely different sounding records, but hugely amazing sounding records. And, you know, like it's, yeah, he's, he's, you know, I, I think if there's anyone I know that deserves the, the moment to kind of be appreciated for, for what they do, it's him, you know, and, and watching him get these opportunities has been awesome, you know, and I'm really like unbelievably proud of him, you know, just cause and like he's that guy. Can you think of somebody with more contribution to the genre of punk and hardcore in the last like 10 years, like with more, like think about like, think about like someone from our generation with a, a bigger discography and creditation than Jonah Falco. Yeah. Like it's hard, but there are, you know, like not like, yeah. Like I'm trying to think now. Cause like now I'm like, I should really come up with someone. Um, <laughs> Cause he's in your band. I mean like, yeah, you know, but yeah, with like, everything that's everything that fucked up is putting out, tack on top of that career suicide game like yeah. you know the jade hairpins the lonely yeah. wholesome all this stuff and then like i don't producer credit he's putting out like you know he's he's recording all these incredible hardcore records never, you know like look up his discography i don't think i've ever looked it up on discogs and it's he's got a lot of a lot of credits on some stuff apparently i only have seven records by him according to this which i know is not accurate because i definitely have more than seven records it's wild like he definitely has way more credits than this is saying he has because you know i forgot yeah he also has the thurston moore and friends where he did that thurston moore record mm -hmm. you know um i don't know why he's the only guy listed as an ex-member of pink eye <laughs> everyone else is still in pink eye yeah we all are still the living of all the rest They're of like us have to go. Yeah, we all have to go down with that chip, but Jonah somehow got out scot free. Some yeah, ex member. Nope. Um, he only has 183 credits. Let's see. Let's see. I was going to say DFJ. You know. Um, you know from uh, Mental and all those bands. Let's see how many credits yeah. he has. He doesn't record as many bands though, but DFJ, yeah. Well, yeah, let's see. And then Chris Corey, I think, would also have a lot, but let's see what DFJ's at credit wise. 83. You're right. You know, this is just by the resource Discog. So who else, Chris? Who else is in there? Who else is like a. Uh, 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 well, the main, the main, like, real, yeah, CC. Um, uh, I don't know the guy's name, but the the I think the Rick's dude is on like a real tear as far as being oh, one yeah. of these people. Yeah, he's been in a lot of bands, but I don't think he, he's anywhere near Jonah at this point. And also, you uh, don't even know his name. You don't even know uh, his, I I do his name. But I it's embarrassing. No, it's like, like <laughs> isn't it like Ma Maxine maybe or something? The drummer dude. Yeah. Guess what, guys? I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to take away. Like, look, and this is maybe an argument that doesn't need. <laughs> no, to no, no, no. There are a lot of people George. who have contributed, who have contributed greatly to the genre and done all sorts of things. I just happen to feel like, like, 
it's kind of a hard, I was thinking about it while I was doing this and I was talking to Jonah. I was like, I was like, it's kind of a hard argument to like, it's kind of a hard argument to make that he's not sometimes like, I don't know. Like he's, there's a, think about all of those records, everything he's kind of like had a finger in or whatever to like, it's a lot. And it's a lot just by the resource. I'm going to say in third place, Jonah Falco, 183, just by the resource. I don't think, and I think Jonah has more credits than he's getting given here, to be honest. But uh, according to the resource, in second place, Chris Corey with 190 credits. Okay. Um, Chris Corey. But in first place, Arthur from Cole World with 263 credits. Wow, that what's is uh, like production work or 197 just production works? But like he was like he was in that band Carpenter Ant, you know, like the uh, the band that also had people from um, uh, Piss Jeans in it. Like he was in like Pegasus. He was in War Hungry. He was in you know he's an internal champion. Obviously, he's in Cold World. Like you know he did obviously all the stuff with Iron Age and with um, uh, Power Trip and stuff like. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He, no, no, but what what I would say, I but think Jonah, that, you're yeah, right. Jonah, I definitely think is. I, I think Jonah's one is not reflective of how many credits he has. No, I think what I would say is we are in an era unlike any other, as far as I'm concerned, of incredibly prolific people that are like, yeah, there was people that were like this in other eras, but I feel like this era we're speaking of has had more of these these folks than any other era, and. Partially, I'm sure it has to do with like the technology or whatever too. But, uh, but the, what J- Jonah, what George is keying on that I agree with, is that Jonah kind of is um, he has it in every category. Mm-hmm. It's not just one of those. Like he's like as a performer, it's incredible. Not to mention his output as far as the records are incredible too. And I, so yeah, I hesitate to give anyone the title, but I've long thought like you, George. I think. What I felt with Jonah is that if he's going to just achieve it one day and it's going to kind of like, you're just going to wake up one day and be like, I'm the king of punk. I did it. It'll be in like 10 years, but he'll do it. He'll be like, I've done a thousand records and I, I'll, I have made like enough records that will be on par with like, you know, the first era of like proper punk records and people will consider them the same reverence. And yeah. And then he'll just fucking sail out to the sea and we'll never hear from him again. I uh I only have forty three credits. I feel so uh, <laughs> shitty. How many, credit, how many credits do I have? Like <laughs> a like, lazy amount of like sixteen or no, something. I think I think you're gonna have a lot. No, dude. it's gonna be way more than that. But Damien, um, you're. I don't think that's the right way to view credits. Like the way it's doing it on there. I don't no, no, think that, that, like that's like uh, that's like all your shit. Like featuring, presenting. You know, I guess like it would also give you credits for songwriting stuff um yeah. you know people have been covering your songs you know but i don't think any of us are in jeopardy of that no i don't think anybody <laughs> like nobody of note no no big heavy duty george 30 credits yeah that's not bad not bad that's not bad let's see i'll take that well again by the credit thing how does damien have 40 somewhat and george is 30 i mean you have like a thousand fucked up records that doesn't make any sense yeah, that doesn't make any sense at uh, all. Yeah, you're right. And That's all the different pressings and stuff like that, you, you're coming up short, I think. Yeah. 
um you know chris you're you got some you got all your credits here ancient shapes you got a credit on ancient shapes vocals goddamn straight <laughs> that's for a, a civilian, great record for a civilian i do i've done a bit yes thank you mm-hmm. um yeah i agree ancient shapes big real talk yeah for people that don't know great records you got ancient some, shapes you got some, you got some drain you got a, a credit for writing an arrangement on the fucked up mixtapes i guess because keep it up tracks and Dave no, no. Romano gave you, uh, and then you have technical credits also for the fucked up mixtapes. Yeah, as yeah, well. I did them too. Well, oh. Mike Brain childed them, and I, yeah, at the time he yep. didn't have to do it. Yeah. See, this or is, you this, didn't. I love the resource so much because of this stuff. I told you, I told you that I was seated next to Gord Deranged at a at a wedding like last week, right? Yeah, that's why yeah. we talked about <laughs> no. all. Yeah, I did. You know, what was funny is like I'm sitting next to him and uh, and we're talking and I didn't realize that he was like the brother of the bride. And uh, um, okay. and like and so I'm so I'm, I'm talking there. I'm talking to him and uh, he's just like, oh, OK. Yeah. And he's just like, we've actually met before. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, I met you with Damien one time. And I was like, oh, OK. How did you how did I meet you with Damien? And then he and then he's just like. Oh, I think you two had a band together. And I was like, oh my God, you are Gord from Deranged. And I'm sitting right next to you right now. That's right. And then, like, we proceeded to, like, I had this, like, weird, like, re- revelation that I'm, this isn't just, like, the bride's brother I'm talking to. It's like, it's like Gord from Deranged. And then, like, I'm sure, like, I, I drank, a, I drank wine and, like, you know, slightly punished him about, about, uh, about, you know, how important those records were to, you know, uh, all the records he put out were and all this stuff, but yeah, yeah it was cool. He, he was a nice guy. Yeah. Living, he's, on, he's, the, living uh, on the West coast. He's got kids now. Yep. Uh-huh. He's got kids forever. Like, um, his kids got to be older now too. Like, Oh yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's got three, I, I didn't mean kids now. He's got like three kids and living out there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He lives right near limo from, uh, you know, uh, from no effects is roadie from a roadie. I've heard, I, I know who that is. I, he, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've ever met him. He was in Gorilla Gorilla with um, Biff Naked. That does not help things. I didn't see Gorilla Gorilla. <laughs> you don't or... They had videos <laughs> on much music. I got to say, though, uh, if we're going to get who has the best credits list on um, out of Alexis on Fire, Jordan Hastings, because he's got the hood rat consumerist split. Oh, baby. <laughs> what a right piece have of... that name? Pardon me? Do you have it? No, I this record definitely it was one of those records that I flipped by a trillion <laughs> times and was like was just like oh my god like why would I ever want to see this record again now I would kill for a copy yeah um, definitely have one <laughs> you have one oh yeah buddy yeah I, know, I, have I never one from bought the it. era I never yeah. bought it there's stri- I, uh, there's, there's a lot of weird songs on this that I would love to hear though like SXE seventy seven. Yeah, dude, that one's amazing. That's like the I think I might have asked Jordan about that, but I don't think he had any like real knowledge of the lyrical <laughs> content of that band. <laughs> yeah. No, no, he was like I remember talking to him about how uh I forget when we were recording our last record, uh, we were he was going on about like tours he did and like I don't know, shows that he got to play with like Hood Rat and I was just like we all had the realization that Jordan is the punk cred of Alexis. <laughs> 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 like, he's like, yeah. 
he definitely had his finger in that, you know, like a foot in that world or whatever. And uh, he has wild stories. Even like Jersey got to do some stuff. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Jersey. Jersey was, uh, you know, George tried to put them on at much music. Like he was always wearing their shirts and like, you know, playing on the punk show. And I so, follow uh, I follow pretty much every member of Jersey on on Instagram and they're all like fantastic. I don't know, like Greg was, you know, is out there. He's got like a very avid uh like he's like metal detecting. <laughs> like, really? He's really into like finding like That's awesome. you know old axe heads and stuff like that. And then he, Johnny who was like the, you know, kind of like big bass player who was yeah. like go- he was like a goalie and he was like notoriously like good at fighting and stuff like that and like you know he's a good guy to have on your side kind of terrified of him he's like really into musky fishing and i'm really into uh uh, like i'm really into pike fishing which is kind of different but it's still like i don't know so we kind of gab about that sometimes but yeah yeah all those jersey cats are all doing pretty good i guess i think greg's like a super underrated songwriter that could get oh yeah could write a song yeah they had the Jersey was swinging for the fences there towards the end. They were like, you know, they were going for, you know, pops. They were pop success. Yeah. They had a video for a heartbeat. No, they had a couple videos like in, in, in Strombo would play them all the time on much music and stuff. And it's just, yeah. Like I always wondered why it just never caught on because I always thought they had some incredible songs going back to the demo. Like I still like, I think some of the songs on their demo were like some of the best songs to come out of Toronto, certainly of that era. Trying to take credit for a Burlington band now, Damien? Is that what's well, going on here? Is that what's going all, on? Toronto loves all, take credit. We all want to be here yeah, in the next city. Day, next you guys you know, all come here. Alexis on Fire was from Toronto. We're from Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, like, try and launch a crew in Niagara. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta come to the big smoke you gotta get your video on much music that's how it rolls here you know we all know where everyone comes it's nice that it's finally coming out after like 20 years of knowing you like the the toronto you know like hipster attitude Dude. that we all like you know we encountered i would say this everybody that ever had an attitude from toronto were from like ajax or like pickering or something like that and they moved to toronto and had it everybody who was like born there and grew up had like zero chips on their shoulder about it and fucked up were i would say that the fucked up was like that like you know like i never met anybody who looked down on anyone for being from anywhere and then like you'd run into someone who'd be like you know because like obviously like me moving to hamilton by choice at the time i i, I definitely moved here when it was not a popular thing to do. No, I remember. <laughs> Why did you fact, move to Hamilton? I took like, a lot of shit for it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, yeah. So, but no, never from any of the fucked up camp. And you know, you guys were solid, and girls. We we we, we like uh, we we know. I think when we growing up in Toronto and stuff, it's it you know. And I, Mike, and to be fair, Mike and Sandy are Mike's from Mimico, and Sandy's more from uh, Mississauga. So you know they're not really from Toronto. And you can tell. And you can tell. You know. And and you know I'm from uh, <laughs> I'm from like South Riverdale, and you know actually no, Sandy uh, Sandy grew up downtown too. Like I, it's funny because like only bands that really grew up downtown that I could think of were like Deadly Snakes, BFGs, you know. And like that's the thing is like you cop two in Toronto like there, there's always like a much bigger scarier band that could cop two much harder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No yeah those are two kind of two bands that definitely went through some scary 
moments where they were, you know, not to be trifled with. Oh well, I don't God. know. Yeah, the BFGs. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. I only saw them play once, I think. Yeah, and I, I then, but then I heard the stories about them, like essentially running Ernst Zundel out of town or some shit like yeah. that. Like, they just like they just like beat up all the skinheads or something. <laughs> like, Nazis. I mean, yeah. It's That's funny because there's like a lot of that stuff happens in hardcore, right? Like, there's these things that eventually evolve into like legitimate gangs you know but it started as a response to like policing shows you know and like you know sometimes it's policing it from like straight up nazis you know sometimes it's from policing it from just like locals or just like assholes that are coming to fuck with the kids you know and then eventually evolves into something else it's interesting with the bfgs it it was that thing that confronted all these people but it never really evolved into anything beyond that you know like it was never like a gang they were just like this band that you knew not to fuck with but they never really put it out as a vibe like we will fuck you up if you fuck with us you just knew like yeah you know what yeah don't, like don't i don't know if you're things. if you're like a good person they're yeah. never it's not like they're going to show up and like inflict violence you on you yeah like, but, never like you know they're right. good people to have on your side you know what you know we br- you brought up rise over run uh a while ago yeah. when i was a teenager rise over run were like that they were yeah. like these Hashers that were a lot taller than me, you know, and they would have no problem. They were like, you know, fighting someone or being like, you know, rough at a show or whatever, but never to like, they'd never like bully someone. It was mm-hmm. more just like something was ready to go down. They would, you know, they would, they could handle it. Whereas I was running terrified, running around like some wilting flower hanging around. Do you have that PFG's book? No, Dude, I don't think I do. Amazing it's amazing it's dirty oh fuck i'll fix that fix that in the intro uh it's 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 awesome it's like it was written by this uh woman who was like a producer at much music who did a story on them back in the day when they were just kind of coming out and it's it's wild like they're like a band that i would love to see a documentary on you know or like that story (laughs) kind of like really fleshed out because there's so much like Dude ran to be the mayor. Steve <laughs> <laughs> you know, could have been our mayor. Oh. And I think at a different time, you know, he wouldn't have been the worst mayor, you know, <laughs> compared to like what we had. <laughs> he had some pretty you extreme be policies. all those condos downtown. There'd be not, have all those condos. No, but I think that I don't his 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 way of dealing with drug dealers was did not seem very uh, progressive, to be honest. In, in the yeah. main literature, probably for the best, you didn't become an elected official, but probably. you know, still, <laughs> gratefully beat up those skinheads. Could you imagine if all the people that ran, like if Jello Biafra had become the mayor of San Francisco, like if all these people had won their respective races, how 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 different these cities would have been? Like, yeah, <laughs> maybe for the better, you know. There's certain practical aspects. Like, I think you, you think that like, you know, uh, I don't know, you run for class president and you on that, you're going to get a pop machine in the cafeteria or something like that. And then you get there and you realize that like, Oh yeah, no, this isn't, this is mostly just, you know, planning the spring formal or something like that. And it's like, it's like a horrible job that you don't want to do or something. I feel like that's, most municipal politicians like they get hired thinking they can do something or that maybe they want to be a, a public servant that you get there and it's just like you know 
14 hours of deciding on contractual <laughs> obligations with the garbage removal crews and stuff. <laughs> it's like, it's mostly just like, like, like intense bureaucracy. I'm grateful that there are people who do it because, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it's all necessary that it needs to run, but I also uh, wouldn't want to, I don't think there's a lot of glamor. I think if you can get one good thing done in your career, that's probably what, you know, a pretty good track record. Yeah. Joey uh, Keithley, when he was on the show recently, just talking about like his job and his duties as, you know, like a municipal politician and a sitting member of municipal government and just being like, yeah, we got like, you know, we got some great programs we got through this year and, you know, working with council, having to work with these unions and having to work with this organization and that organization and this group and that group. And it's like, it's a job. Oh, but yeah. You know what, though? It's not that far off from like some of the coo- like, you know, like from some of the kooks who become municipal, like counselors and stuff like that. Yeah, they're they're, uh, you know, they're people who get elected. There's some, don't get me wrong. There's some great public servants, but it doesn't pay very much. And it's like it doesn't attract a lot of people. If you you got to be really dedicated to being a public servant, loving the bureaucracy of municipal running a city and all this <laughs> stuff. But uh, but then there's people who are just like get elected based on outlawing dandelions or something <laughs> like you know like just like absolute kooks you know that that a, a appeal to like one small group of people and like there's just like not enough people that care about voting locally to to elect anybody in that really <laughs> has any sort of vision i don't know this is I taking won't... a bit of a all right, we should wrap up because this thing is, is I don't even know how long this is. I haven't done the math in my head. Got a, a got a lot of editing. There's a lot of editing. A lot of editing to do on this one, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this doesn't come out too until uh, yeah. you know, anything if whatever comes out comes out. We probably could have just called each other and had a conversation on the phone, guys. Yeah, well, you Honestly, know, yeah. I think by the time I'm done editing it, the, the thing's going to be coming out. So you know oh my god oh just well, hold it either way i'll hold it until... lovely talking to both of you i i really did have a it was. enjoyable yeah. time yeah it's yeah. been fucking awesome and uh you know i think you know the parts that people hear it's going to be really great for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was almost an interview <laughs>